When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, y'all, it is Thursday morning, March 2nd. It is officially March, the best time of year for college basketball, so we're going to be talking a ton of hoops on this one. We're going to start by talking about the women's team. I'm going to talk about McKenna Hofschild, rant a little bit about her getting disrespected. Then we'll dive into the women's bracket, which is out. I think the Rams are in a fairly favorable spot as far as how the, the bracket ended up playing out. Would have liked to have gotten the one or the two seed, obviously ended up in the three, still in a really good spot. And historically, the one seed has lost way more times than they have won out in Vegas. So I'll get into all of that. Then I'll preview senior night for the men's team, New Mexico coming into town. The Rams could potentially jump up to the nine seed with a win over the Lobos, depending on what happens with Air Force San Jose State on Saturday. A loss would secure that 10 spot, though. So we'll dive into that. We'll talk about New Mexico, uh, what's different between now and, and when they played back in December, what makes this Lobos team so hard to play against, all of that. Very briefly, if y'all would indulge me, I did want to do just a, a quick intro here on a couple of things that have been driving me crazy. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, I'm I'm obviously a big Nuggets fan, Nikola Jokic fan, especially. In my opinion, when it's all said and done, he'll be viewed as a top 15 player of all time. Nationally, though, with the way that he's covered, you wouldn't get that. Obviously, there's a lot of resentment regarding his very likely three-peat at MVP. And a lot of that stems from Denver's lack of postseason success these last couple of years, which I don't really understand. One, because it's a regular season award, so it's somewhat irrelevant. But also, that's just a flawed argument because Nikola's never played with another all-star. And on top of that, these past couple of years, his best running mates were out with injury. Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, you know, Michael Porter Jr., all those guys. So despite the fact that Nikola put up just absurd numbers, the Nuggets really never had a, a real opportunity to make any type of deep postseason run. And the fact that they even won a couple of these series, I think, is a is a testament to how special Nikola is. But my main point here is that just as somebody that is a massive basketball fan, has been for years, you know, deeply consumes college basketball and the NBA, I find myself wanting to consume less and less of the product outside of the games themselves because when you turn on something like ESPN and any of those million talk shows that they have, 
it's just a bunch of pundits telling us that we're stupid if we think that Nikola Jokic is great. He's a stat patter this, and they claim that we're moving the goalpost and cherry-picking numbers, so somehow our data is less valuable than what they are witnessing with their eyes. And I'm not even saying the eye test isn't important. That's why I loved J.J. Reddick's rant so much. I guess I just find myself feeling like J.J. where it's, you know, what the hell are you watching if you think Jokic isn't great, though? Sure, the numbers, you know, are, are a great way to show everything that he does on the court and all the value that he brings, not just for him and all his teammates, because it's not just flat, flashy dunks and that kind of stuff. But night in and night out, he goes out there and gives opponents buckets. He's the definition of consistency. And the levels to which people reach to try and slander him is just absurd to me. Not even going to get into the offensive nonsense that Kendrick Perkins said. But I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get the way that ESPN chooses to frame all these narratives. Lakers this, LeBron that. You're dumb if you like Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets are frauds. He's not good. Like I understand to a degree that they're just following the dollars and ratings, and ratings never lie. Apparently, this is the crap that people want to consume nationally. But I really don't get it because the NBA is as deep and as fun as it's ever been. And when you look at teams like Denver and Milwaukee and Sacramento, Memphis, Dallas, Oklahoma City, etc., Cleveland, there is so much talent and interesting people and storylines to showcase. But instead, as we get into the most dramatic part of the regular season, we're going to get force-fed crap about why the Lakers are the true contenders and Embiid is better than Jokic because he can jump really high. I get that I'm biased. I genuinely do. But I also feel that it's dumb and it's somewhat disrespectful to the basketball consumer and their intelligence. The Lakers might not even make the play-in. So save me the crap about them being the true contenders. Anyways, I'm going to move on. I appreciate you guys for obliging me in this scenario and letting me get it off my chest. My girlfriend and my dog certainly do not want to hear me rant anymore about Nikola Jokic. You may not either, but I try and keep the, uh, the side rants to a minimal when I can. Before we get into the women's basketball team and their kind of outlook going into the Mountain West tournament, I do need to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It is the best time to get in on the action. We've got March Madness coming up. Baseball is here. Hockey. I just ranted about the NBA and Jokic. I hope all of y'all got your preseason MVP bets in on the Joker. If not, the value's not really there right now, but maybe you bet on Denver to make a deep run or win the West. You know, I think a lot of people are overvaluing Phoenix as much as I respect KD. You know, can Chris Paul stay healthy for an entire playoff run? We shall see. That's a guy with a pretty intense injury history. He's also historically kind of shown up short, you know, or come up short in these big type moments. So we'll see on Phoenix. I just think Denver is being overlooked mostly because the NBA media doesn't want Denver to be a contender. Whatever you're doing, though, if it's betting on the NBA, betting on the MLB March Madness, Make sure you are getting in with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
And guys, I also got to tell you about Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. It's durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I love my pair. I have been using them every day to walk the dog. Admittedly, it's a challenge for me to find sunglasses that I like because I'm blind and I also have really sensitive eyes. So I want the glare gone, but I don't want it to be so dark that I can't see anything. I already struggle to see things when there's an, an average light out. And I was really impressed with Shady Rays. They got the perfect sweet spot. What's awesome about Shady Rays is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com, and if you use the code DNVR or visit the in-store at Park Meadows Mall and tell them DNVR sent you, you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk some women's hoops. McKenna Hofschild was recently named a finalist for the Nancy Lieberman Award, a testament to her incredible season. She was not, however, named a finalist for the Becky Hammond Award, which is given to the best mid-major player in college basketball. And I'm quite surprised that she wasn't at least a finalist. Neither was Desiree Young, the talented center for UNLV. Either would have been deserving to win the award, in my opinion. So the fact that neither were even finalists is is definitely surprising. I don't want to be disrespectful to the finalists because, you know, diving into the numbers, they are all most certainly very talented players, all having great runs on good teams based on some of the win share metrics and that type of stuff, neither as individually dominant or important as Hofschild or Desiree Young. But they're all on teams that are projected to win their conference, all of them very likely going to be the player of the year in their respective conferences. So again, very talented players. You can't, you know, nominate everyone. It just feels very ironic that an award that's named after Becky Hammond, the greatest CSU Ram, does not have a finalist who is a CSU Ram in breaking those awards or those records set by Becky Hammond. To me, it just feels like if anybody fits the the bill for this, it would be McKenna. Almost seems too obvious. Like, I wonder if part of the conversation was if they give the award to McKenna, if the national narrative or the response would have just been that they were only doing it because she's a CSU Ram. Maybe they wanted to avoid that. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with some type of justification. Any way I look at it, though, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find five mid-major players that are more important to their teams, that are more talented, that are more impactful than McKenna Hofschild and Desi Ray Young. That's my two cents. I'm not going to drone on and on because at the end of the day, both are going to get first team all conference recognition. One of those two will win the Mountain West Player of the Year award. My money is probably on Dizzy Ray Young just because of UNLV's incredible season. Hofschild is going to get plenty of other recognition as well. Anytime you're in the conversation with somebody like Caitlin Clark, you're a baller. 
I was just disappointed that McKenna didn't get to at least be a finalist because I thought it would have been really cool to have her at least be a finalist, but win the award named after Becky. How special would that be? Maybe she'll win it next year. The bright side for this Rams team is the vast majority of the key pieces are all coming back. You lose Destiny Thurman. That's a tough one. But Kinzer, Hofshield, Clark, they're all coming back. On top of that, Ryan Williams has had quite a bit of success adding talent via the portal. So you got to imagine he's going to be able to go out there and you know find another key piece to add to the rotation. The future feels very bright. That said, before we go into offseason mode, we still have an opportunity to see this team make a run for the NCAA tournament with the most recent win over Boise State. CSU locked down the three seed, had an opportunity to get that two seed had they beaten Wyoming up in Laramie, came up short in that one. In the end, though, I think I like CSU's position at the three even better than if they would have been the two. If you're the two, you're likely going to play Air Force for a third time. Air Force has kind of been a thorn in CSU's side this year. Instead, you're going to get Boise State, assuming they don't lose to Utah State. Utah State went like 4-25. and They won one league game. Highly doubt they're going to win. Crazy stuff happens, but highly doubt they're going to win. Probably going to get Boise State on Monday night. That's a team CSU beat by an average of 18 points in their two meetings this year. So it's a matchup that the Rams have had a lot of success in. Definitely don't want to overlook them. That can be the kiss of death, especially in a single elimination format. It only takes 40 bad minutes to get sent home. But it's human nature. They're going to feel confident going into the matchup. They played really well against Boise State both times. The Broncos will have played a game 24 hours prior. And if you win, you're set up for an opportunity, likely, for the Border War Part 3 against Wyoming with a spot in the title game on the line. Can't ask for much more than that. You were always going to have to play some combination of the top, you know, two through six seeds or so to get to that likely rematch with UNLV. I mean, looking at the standings, two, three, four, five, and six are all separated by a total of two games. If you simulated this season a hundred times, you'd probably end up with a lot of different combinations of two through six. All these teams are tough. That's just why it was really important that CSU did not fall into that 4-5 or game because if you would have had to go against New Mexico or San Diego State in your first game, that's a brutal draw. Again, can't overlook anybody. It's extremely challenging to beat an opponent three times, especially a league opponent. So as well as CSU played against Boise State, you don't want to overlook them. And Boise State was a thorn in CSU's side when I was covering the women's team for the Collegian back in the day. And they just always seemed to be pretty tough out there in Vegas. So, you know, you got to give them the respect that they deserve. I do like the position that CSU's in. They're as skilled as anybody in the country. They're definitely going to have to shoot well to win it all. They're also going to have to force the issue a little bit. I talked about a couple of days ago how the lack of size makes them a little bit easy to bully at times, especially if they're not getting calls. But you can't let that stop you from being aggressive. So much of what creates these open looks along the perimeter for her teammates is McKenna's ability to drive and either knock down a mid-range jumper. She can stop on a dime, do the little pivot turnaround thing that Tanjay does and you know hit a jumper on the free throw line. She can get to the rim because she's so quick. But it's the fear of her putting the ball on the floor and driving that often opens up a lot of these looks along the perimeter for everyone else. They just got to be tough because that's how opponents are going to try and combat the Rams. They're going to try and be physical, especially in the conference tournament where maybe the refs are going to let stuff go a little bit more. 
And if CSU can kind of roll with those punches and keep their composure, they certainly have the skill and the offensive firepower to hang with anybody. I've liked what we've seen defensively in some of these close games of late. And in general, you just feel good about the experience. They're one year removed from a run at the title game against UNLV. Would love to see the rematch. The nice thing, though, is that all the pressure is on UNLV. They ran away with the league this year, had an incredible season. The fact that they have to play for the auto bid is bullshit. They're a top 25 team. They should be firmly in the dance at this point. But the reality is they're not. And that is a tough spot to be in because one bad game, one off day, and everything you accomplish goes out the window. CSU learned that the hard way. The Rams had four straight regular season titles with Nistrom and Gustafsson under Williams when I was in school. I believe they only won the tournament once. It's a really hard spot to be in. The one seed has taken it each of the last two years. UNLV won last year, Wyoming the year before that. However, five years in a row, a two through a five seed won it before that. And somebody other than the one seed has won it 14 out of the last 23 years. If the Rams can just get to the title game, they very likely at the minimum have a WNIT bid secured. They might even have that as long as they don't get bounced on the opening round or the second round technically because they have a bye as long as they don't get bounced on Monday. If the Rams can just get to that title game though, all the pressure is then on UNLV to secure it. They're on their home court. They've had this incredible season. But if you lose, none of that matters. So we'll see, y'all. I'm really excited. I'm hoping that the Rams don't get bounced on Monday. One, obviously, because I'm hoping for this team to make a run, but two, because I don't get in until Tuesday. Could end up being a very fun tournament on that women's side, though. Before we move on and talk about this New Mexico matchup for the men on Friday night, senior night, I do want to shout out the homies at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brews with you. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, which you have to love. And what's dope is they just have an epic variety for everybody, whether you want to go the Mountain Beach Sour Route. That's typically what I do if I'm not going Avalanche Amber Ale. They've got Fun Slinger, a collaboration with... um, Never Summer Snowboards, they've got hard seltzers, hard lemonades, vanilla porter, you name it. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a Breck Brew near you. I also got to give you my DraftKings Pick of the Week. DraftKings Pick of the Week. You can look at some of the futures. They have the conference tournament odds up on DraftKings Sportsbook. I like St. Mary's to win the WCC. You can get that at plus 115. They are second favorites. They were even odds with Gonzaga when I looked the other day. Gonzaga now getting uh, some money and it's moved in their favor. But I think the value is there for St. Mary's. They have the experience defensively. They're really stout, well-coached under Randy Bennett. They've been here before and they're certainly good enough to win it. So if it was even odds the other day, nothing else has changed. I like it. Plus 115. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week. All right, coming off of a disappointing finish late night against San Jose State, CSU hosts New Mexico Friday night on senior night. Before I get into this matchup, I did briefly want to talk about James Moores. I've had some questions regarding why is he on the senior night promo. He will be moving on after this year. He does have multiple years of eligibility remaining, but he has been at CSU for four years now. He fresh, uh, redshirted as a true freshman back in 2019, 2020. Then got to keep his year for 2020-2021, as did everybody else. 
but James has decided that the traditional four years of college is enough. I imagine he could play professionally uh, overseas if he chooses to. Has actually made really great strides defensively throughout his career. Has shown growth offensively too this year. I think he's looked more confident. That said, I'm not sure how much playing time he would have gotten next year if Jacob Jennison is healthy, if Kyle Evans is back, if Patrick Cartier is back. Probably wouldn't have been looking at a very big role on the floor. I don't blame the guy for not wanting to commit to that, especially given that he's from overseas and probably wants to go back home, be around his family again. And while I am bummed to see him move on, I do think there's some intrigue with the possibilities it opens up from a scholarship perspective. We'll have to see what Isaiah Stevens and Tanjay decide to do. Could very likely see both of them move on. I could see, you know, one of two come back. I kind of doubt both are back, but I don't want to speculate too much. We'll have an opportunity to ask them about that here in the next couple of days. Let's get into this New Mexico matchup, though, because this is going to be a challenging game. There's certainly still plenty of talent on this Lobo squad. That said, it was a completely different world when these two teams faced each other back in December. UNM was 12-0 at the time. They were ranked first sellout of the year, so the Rams were going into an insanely hostile atmosphere. The Rams actually had a pretty efficient outing offensively. They shot the ball well, four different guys in double-digit figures. Did have a few too many turnovers, really, though. It was just about how much they got torched on the defensive end. Jalen House had a monster game, 26 points, 5 of 6 from deep, also had 5 assists. When he's on like that, it's almost unfair because he is so quick. So when you're trying to contest those shots because he's on fire, it just opens up the opportunity for him to drive right past you. Really just puts the defender in a brutal position. Jamal Mashburn had a big game as well. That's kind of to be expected when you go up against New Mexico. They play an up-tempo offense that's all about quick threes or attacking the hoop. And the ball is either going to be in the hands of Jalen House or Jamal Mashburn. Both have extremely high usage rates. They combine for about 60% of the Lobos field goal attempts, and they're used on 54% of their possessions. Both guys have range. Both guys can put it on the floor. And they're really good at creating high-quality looks for either themselves or their teammates. When you look at that win over CSU for the Lobos in the first matchup, sure, Jalen House went off. Mashburn had a great game. The big difference, though, was that they had four different guys hit multiple threes, and all of them shot 50% or better from deep. If Richard Patino was trying to draw up a perfect game for his team offensively, it would have been that one. Everybody's efficiently shooting the ball from deep. They're getting to the hoop. They're attacking. They're playing fast. It's just a really weird matchup. It's almost like an NBA-style offense. Put the ball in the hands of your guards. Let them create opportunities from deep for either them or their teammates. And if not, you're attacking the hoop and getting to the paint with those guys or they're dishing it off to... Morris Udeze, who is great. He gets really high percentage looks. They basically, you know, dump it off to him for easy layups or they throw him lobs. He's third in the league in effective field goal percentage. So basically all he does is get good looks. And if somehow you're able to stay in front of house, you don't let him get an open look. You don't let Mashburn get it. You don't let them lob it up to Udeze. They also have got KJ Jenkins and Javante Johnson who give them options on the outside. KJ is especially lethal. You got to keep a man on him. 48% from three-point range this season. That's the best in the league. They're a team when they're rolling and they're hitting shots. They can really be lethal and they can really light it up. They almost dropped 90 on CSU the first time. Defensively, they're fairly suspect, though. 
we have seen growth from last year. So I credit Patino and I credit some of these guards for the improvement that they've made. They can get a lot of steals. Jalen House, especially, he's got quick hands. You got to look out for him. But I do think there are times where you can catch this group not as locked in, get them in transition. Maybe they're a step late on a rotation in their half court sets. They just don't play with the same intensity on that end as some of the other teams. So despite their athleticism and, and size outside of the guards, you know, they're, they're really just not that physically imposing. Don't really go that deep either. It's really only about a seven-man rotation. So if you can get those guys into foul trouble, it might be an opportunity to get some guys that aren't used to playing significant minutes. So we'll see. I do feel that it's a winnable matchup for the Rams. I certainly could see it going a variety of different ways. After that San Jose State finish, you do wonder if the guys are up for another fight. It's just been gut punch after gut punch this year. But you feel a lot better going into this New Mexico game than you probably did going into the pit back in December. I will be in Fort Collins Friday night for Senior Night, so make sure you're following me on Twitter. Follow at Justin T. Michael or the DNVR account, DNVR underscore Rams. If you're at the game, feel free to say what's up. Love chatting it up with all of you. We'll have another podcast either this afternoon slash evening or tomorrow morning. The Mountain West schedule release comes out, so I'll write something on that as well. But uh, shout out to all you. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. Much love. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like not from the